So everybody sing along This could be tonight's one more song The shot we take right we do raise our glass yes we do not only but who are who are we american brews and tunes here's a theme song you know it's not a mean song it's a good song just as it should song american brews and tunes shibbity well thank you for joining us for our very special 25th episode Wow, 25. That's right. If this was if our episode was the length of a year, our podcast would be a quarter of a century old. Yeah. Congratulations if, to if, you, podcast. If we released an episode, one episode every year. Yeah. This would be our 25th year in production. It's quite a uh that's quite a feat. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. If you think about it, like my two left feet starring Daniel Day-Lewis. Is that a is that a movie? <laughs> yeah. What? <Well, laughs> I believe that got him his first Academy Award, if I'm oh, okay. not mistaken. I'm excited to uh, see the, the Phantom Thread. I am too. Did you watch the trailer? Yeah. Looks pretty good. It's hard to tell what... Like, I can get a kind of a general idea, but I can't really tell 100%. It looks pretty bomb, either way. That's what trailers are supposed to be, though. Yeah, they're, supposed, like to trailers... be, they're supposed to be like vague enough to keep you interested, but not vague enough... To, to give get it. you interested. Yeah, like I feel like most trailers today, I can look at it and, and pretty much predict the entire movie. Like yeah. a lot of trailers. Well, yeah, it, it all depends on what. It, like, it does. The trailer I, I, I don't want to overgeneralize with every movie. single trailer, but you know what I mean. Like if you see a trailer and, and you, I don't, I don't, even if they're trying to be misleading, you can still generally get an idea. Yeah. But uh, this one, not so much. No, it. Uh, it seems it seems like it's going to be good though. Yeah, it looks good. And Daniel Day Lewis is the best actor ever. Quite possibly, to, actually. Quite possibly, it's arguable, but uh, I'll fight you to the it's death. Def- it's definitely arguable, but uh, it seems like he is the best though. Yeah, he's he's great. He's a grand actor. Yes. Uh, but enough of that, Gress. Um, once again, we said this is our 25th episode of American Brews and Tunes. My name is Steven Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. That's right. And we are the two hosts of everyone's favorite, favorite podcast. podcast. Everyone in the world loves this podcast. Everyone does. Everyone. Everyone. Minus almost everyone. <laughs> nah, just kidding, but not really. Um, um, so this is a, a, a great podcast about... What's it about, Jesse? I forget. Uh, well, you know what? If someone were to tell me the title of this podcast... Well, how about this? How about this? If you were to commence a Wikipedia search about American Brews and Tunes, not that we're popular enough to, to necessitate a Wikipedia, a Wikipedia page, page, but if we were, what would our page say at the very top? It would probably say, American Brews and Tunes, the best podcast known to man. <laughs> this podcast follows two great friends who... <laughs> experience and adventure two amazing worlds that most people adventure but these two 
are specifically great at it. <laughs> great at adventuring. <laughs> what is that world, you ask? Well, nay, let me tell you. Oh, wait, nay, let me proclaim it to you <laughs> on this Wikipedia article. <laughs> but nay, let me proclaim it to you. They adventure in the world of brews and tunes and or craft beer and music. <laughs> the world of brews and tunes. I was trying to get you to not say that. <laughs> That's okay. Wait, beer and music. Oh, That's right. Uh, more specifically, I myself, a lover of the punk rock genre. And me, a lover of... A lot of different genres. Which aren't punk rock. Which aren't punk rock. Well, I, I also really like punk rock. But if, if we had to classify, Jesse would say indie, folk, punk, indie electronic. Folk. I don't know. A, a good he's, mix of everything. Minus, he's way more eclectically background than I am. Minus, minus pop country. Yeah, so I recommend a punk type album for him to listen to. And he recommends one of his many genres different that he listens genres. to. For me to listen to. Yeah. We come together, we review those albums, all while trying a brand new craft beer. What could be better than that? Um, not much. Nothing. Except not for much. a Blink-182 concert. <laughs> but uh, that, uh, that's, a gr- that's for another time. Um, um, on this episode, anyways, we have reviewed uh, some very good albums, in my opinion. And I'm I sure in Jesse's so. opinion also. I think so. Uh, Jesse, what did you review this week? I reviewed an album by the band Hostage Calm. Oh, that sounds like a really scary band. Please, remain calm. Okay, I'll remain calm. What's the name of the album? Please, remain calm. <laughs> oh, classic. What a great what a great joke. You don't you understand, did. Steve. Remain calm. I'm calm as a cucumber. <laughs> or is it uh, cool as a cucumber? Cool as a cucumber. Whatever, I'm as calm as a calamity. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I know, but it was the first thing where I thought of it, and I knew it didn't make um, sense. And you listened to an album by who I would say is the music's world, Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, David Bowie, and the album is called... For those of you who couldn't see the black little star- shape of a star, which is the name of the album, it can be verbally called Black Star. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, did, did you like try to do a bit where like, and this album is, and then like something would appear on a TV show and it would be a Black Star? Yeah, but kind did, of. Did but f- I didn't know how to do you, it on a podcast. <laughs> did you forget this is a podcast? But, but like the, the actual name of the album is the, yes, like, yeah, the, exactly. the image of a Black Star. Exactly. It's not- In the way that Prince changed his name to that symbol... Yeah. The name of this album was a legitimate star that was black. Yeah. But we, the, we call the, the album Black Star. It's not It's not called Black Star. It's literally that little sprite yeah, of but, a black star. But since we can't call that anything, it's called Black Star. Okay. I, I see why you said David Bowie, the album... <laughs> blank. <laughs> if you could see what we were doing, you would love it, but that's okay. <laughs> well, um, actually, literally, all you did was say, David Bowie's album... And I and smiled. Just, like, you just smiled. <laughs> that was it. In my head, I saw it, but that's okay. <laughs> Um, we'll come back to these albums, uh, because that's the latter, uh, portion of the podcast. Yes. So, let's talk about our brews. You know what? I think that th- would be I think generally, I always ask idea. you what you have first. So, I'm gonna go out and say um, what I have Steve. first. Steve! I'm gonna say what I have. Or Steve, you could ask me. what, uh, what brew are you having tonight? I'm having a punch in the abdominal of a brew. Oh, wow. <laughs> called, well, it's by the, uh... The brewery Lagunitas, Lagunitas, which is, I believe, is from California. Yes, uh, I believe and, so. Yeah, it's originally California, yeah. but they've got a, another location in, in Illinois. Uh, it's one of their one-hitter series, which means they brew either one once time. a year or one time. I think just once a year th- or one time total. It's either just I don't because I don't know about this. It one. says I, 2017 never, one-time hitter. So I've I think never it's, seen. I've never seen this one. 
in previous years. Me neither. I've never seen this before, and it sounded really interesting. It's called the Saki Tumi, and it's spelled yeah. S-A-K-I-T-U-M-I. So well, you're like, what, what, what? That doesn't sound like Saki Tumi. It's it's an ale with Saki yeast and rice. Interesting. So, for those of you who don't know, Saki Saki is a Japanese rice liquor. Yeah, it's super it's and good it's served too. warm, which is it's it's. Mm-hmm. It, Serve the way I, I would explain it is it's it's kind of a the way that my taste buds uh, interpret it is that's that's what I was looking for. It tastes like tea mixed with a really strong wine. Yeah, yeah, like tastes, not not a fruity wine, but the the booziness of a wine. It being warmed up, it tastes more like a wine. Uh, the color of more like the color of a white wine, but it's actually just clear. It looks like yeah. water. Uh, and it's, it's but made with rice. It's not sweet like wine is. No. It just kind of has that same type of alcoholic warmness f- that wine gives you, or like that yeah. whiskey gives you. So if you can imagine a strong wine with a slight taste of tea, maybe, and it's warm. Yeah, I mean tea or just not hundred percent, but kind of like that earthiness that rice gives you, yeah. as opposed to like the earthiness of wheat or wheat. barley or the malts that normally would be in beer. Uh, the the rice gives you a slightly milder earthiness i guess yeah kind of like milder i've, I've had some rice beers before and they're very tame yeah yeah yeah. Um, but it, this bottle there's a little man on the front he kind of looks like a baby yeah, with his little he, blonde tuft of hair but he's got yeah. he's got punching gloves and he's punching so suck it to me suck it to me um so I'm, I'm i'm very curious about this beer i've i've had it before it's it's pretty good it's interesting though. yeah I've, I've had this for a while so i'm excited what do you have this week jesse do you well, have a suck it to me also no Oh, I do not. <laughs> or as our favorite, huh, our favorite actor would say, <laughs> oh, yeah. Tommy Wiseau uh, of the Room. We're re- we're <laughs> we're kind of. I'm excited to see the movie The Disaster Artist. I haven't seen it yet, um, but it's based on The Room, and it's By Tommy Tommy Wiseau. Wiseau. So, yeah, Wiseau. Just, <laughs> he laughs a lot like that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, Greg, you're so funny. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> Greg's like, she got beat up so bad they put her in the ICU. And Tom's like, ha, 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 ha. that's not funny. <laughs> I know. That's so weird. Anyway, yeah. Anyways, that was that a has huge absolutely press. nothing to do with my beer. I certainly hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a beer from Ballast Point, oh, which nice. is quite a fantastic brewery. Yes, uh, their sculpin is amazing. Most Same of them with the grapefruit sculpin. Yeah, most of their beers have. Um, Oceanic references? Yes. So this is no different. This is called... There's a different version of their porter, the Victory at Sea porter. Which I think I've had the Victory at Sea, if I'm not I mistaken. Don't even think, I don't even know if I've had that one. While you're explaining this, I'm going to look up and see if I've had it. So you right. continue to explain. What's what's different uh, about, about this version This one is the Coconut Victory at Sea, which is an imperial porter. Porter with coffee and natural flavors. Uh, I'm excited about this beer. I mean, A, I like coconut a lot. B, I like Ballast Point. C, I like the C. <laughs> D, I like victory. And E, why not have victory while at sea? This is true. Neither of us have had this. I'm, I'm looking right now. Um, the reason I, I remember the name is because I've seen this beer all over the place, but there was one time at the Flying Saucer, one of our favorite local watering holes... They had the peppermint victory at sea. Do you remember that? Oh. I don't know if you remember that, but I remember I seeing it and wanting to order that. it, but there was a couple other ones I wanted to try instead. Oh, this is 10%. Oh, you got to be... As we start... Porter? 
Yeah, an Imperial Porter. Oh, okay. As we are both checking in our beers on the best beer app ever. Untapped. Untapped? You say, what is the beer name of the app? It's called Untapped. It's a social app for drinking beer and hanging out with your buddies, I guess. Yeah, they are They are not a sponsor. But we wish but they were. We love them. Yeah, they're great. Sponsor us, you guys. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we're going to crack our beers, pour them into our glasses, and give, give a little... You know, hip hip hoogans and hip ho ho hip That actually doesn't explain at all what we're gonna do. We're gonna no. pour our beer in the glasses, explain what it looks like, give a little say uh, our magic word aroma and, detail, uh, give our magic words, and then try it. Yes, uh, we both have bottles, so we're gonna open them. And yeah, I'll and then we're gonna be. Uh, this is quite the bottle opener you got here, isn't it? It's, it looks like a bookmark. It looks like one of the ones that someone would have at a, an actual bar. You know, right, like bartenders yeah. like carry that one. Like a professional one. I, I got that. They can hold on a keychain if they so wish. My parents got me a, um, a, I think it was a three month membership. It was for my birthday a few years ago. A three month membership to a craft beer club. Oh, really? Where they would send you a twelve pack every month. Oh, that's pretty sweet. And it was you would get. I think three beers each. Three. Wait, what do you mean three like beers? Three, each? four different types of beers. Three beers. Of three each beers type. each, and it was two different. So you get two different breweries, two beers from each brewery, both different styles from each brewery, and so you'd have four different beers, three of each, and, and you got a package each month. But that came with the first order. Hmm. Nice. It was, it was pretty That's cool. Pretty it was a, a nice little birthday gift. So thanks to my parents uh, for that. Right off the bat, I'm holding my glass. Well, I'm I'm sitting on a chair, and I'm like holding my glass down at my waist level. And I can smell it from all I the way. I, I actually am smelling a little whiff of yours, too. I, the coconut I, is strong. Mine doesn't smell like much of anything, actually. No, yeah, it doesn't. Here, get a, do you smell anything? It, you can smell a little bit. Yeah. If you get your nose right up there, but you it's can not, smell it. But it's not potent. Well, but we're, like, go ahead and take a sniff of yours. Wafted into the nostrils. But yeah, it, this is, this, I feel like I'm Let having a sniff of yours. I'm wafting it towards Steve's Oh my face. gosh, that it smells like uh, like actual coconut shavings. Um, not yeah. like not like fake coconut. It tastes like a, if you were to like have a coconut in front of you and shave the coconut and bake it, that's what it smells like. Oh man. It smells like natural very natural. I'm really really excited to try this. I'm thoroughly impressed. So why uh, yours don't we get is, to it? Yours is dark. I wouldn't say it's as like dark as a potent stout such as the even more Jesus by Evil Twin. Yeah, but it's still But it's it's, it's like a really dark brown borderline black, but it's it's not the darkest we've ever seen. That's I can't for sure. see through it. Mine's fairly light. It's I wouldn't say it's as light as what you'd think of like a Coors Light, but it's yeah. pretty darn light. It kind of it kind of just looks more like it's got a, a golden color, like a pale ale, like a pale or ale, wheat ale, except or not. a good a good dense lager. Yeah, yeah, nothing we'll go with that. Yeah, so let's uh, let's uh, give the magic catchphrase and you know skibbity boop scoop. Yeah, skibbity boop scoop. You know, yeah, let's <laughs> little, give a little skeet ball action. Shibbity boop. Interesting. Mine's fairly, it's it's fairly light, but the flavor is really kind of kind of really. I, I'm having a hard time describing this actually. Yeah, from from what I remember, it is kind of difficult to describe. Like it kind of has the same mouthfeel as like a normal lager, but yeah. it's almost lighter. It's very it's it's very light, and the flavor is very fleeting. Yeah, it's it. fleeting. That's a good way to say it. Yeah, because I I taste it up front, and then it, it disappears really quick, and I'm I'm having a hard time describing it. Uh, I, I like it better than a lager, I think. Um, it, it's quite flavorful, and it's pretty... I'd say it's fairly boozy. This this beer is actually at 9%. Uh, 
Oh yeah, I uh, it, it about certainly that. doesn't taste like it. Yeah, uh, it tastes like it's at like four percent. Um, but flavor wise, it's it's crisp. Um, Do so you kind of get what I'm saying about like the kind of light earthiness? Yeah, it's it's definitely earthy. Uh, it's it's got a nice mouth. It, it's just got a thicker mouthfeel than a lager. Yeah, but the flavor goes away quickly. But I like it. I, I like it. Do you remember liking this one? Yes, I do remember liking it. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting, but it's good, pretty huh? good. That is pretty nice. I like that a lot. Isn't it? It kind of has like a dryness to it. That's probably from the, from the, the sake the, yeast. The sake yeast and the rice, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, on to my beer. Uh, this Coconut Victory at Sea is absolutely delicious. How coconutty is it? Uh, coconutty enough that you understand that it's coconut, but not too coconutty that it's like overpoweringly present. You remember that you know one? I mean? Do you remember that one coconut porter you had in the podcast? Death by Coconut. Yeah, that one. How was, does it compare to that? That one was way more coconut, heavy. and it was really sweet. This one is bitter. Oh, interesting. So it's it's got more like the the it has, stout porter. It has, flavor. Yeah, it has the nice roast, roasty malties, as we call it. All right. Do you mind if I give a little sip ski on yeah, here? Yeah, do a little switcheroo action here. Oh, it, uh, the smell is fantastic. It's yeah. very aromatic. You know what? You know what it is. It's not. It's roasty malties, but it also has that coffee bitterness. That's what really comes through for me. Yo, big time. Yeah. Big time. The coconut comes through after, but the the first flavor you get is the extraordinarily roasted malts. Yeah. Very roasty malty, and it, it tastes like they roasted the malts a lot. Yeah, it tastes really, really good. Like dark chocolate malts almost. It's, it's like, think good. About, like think about a uh, chocolate-covered coffee bean. Yes. It's kind of like that, coconut version. Not what I would call a dessert beer. I mean, No, it's, it's definitely not. It's more it's more uh, sa- savory yes, than I would it say is sweet. That. The Death by Coconut is definitely more dessert. Yes. Not this. No, this one is... I really like this. Yeah. I there's really also like, there's I also a, a peanut butter version of it. Of the, that the I almost, Yeah, I almost bought both of them, but then I was like, I'll just have one. I think they've got a whole bunch of different uh, victories at Seas, but the, the but, peanut butter, is that what you're... Th- those are your choices? Yeah, th- it was either coconut or uh, peanut butter. And I was like, uh, what do I want more? And so I went with coconut, because I like coconut a lot. I'm looking at their flavors. They've got the regular peppermint, coconut, peanut butter. There's a bourbon barrel aged. Ooh. That'd be interesting. They had one that was Oreo cookies, maple bourbon. Oh my and gosh. I didn't, got, these I are didn't like, realize they had all these. Uh, Chai? Because these ones are like smaller, I'm guessing they were just small one-offs. You probably could only get probably it at the, at the, at the brewery. The brewery. Yeah. They've got chai, gingerbread, chocolate orange, Woodford Reserve whiskey barrel, salted caramel. Wow. A whole bunch of different ones. That's crazy. Yeah, that's cool. That, that's fun because I'm guessing this is like their flagship porter. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so they they don't normally do darker beers, right? Um, I'm more familiar with their IPA, their IPAs, sculpin yeah, and sculpin. Yeah, but I like them. Yeah, uh, I would well, say. Beers, I'd say I think we've got good beers. beers. Are pretty good. Yeah. Uh, um, if our flavor profiles on these beers t- taste different at all throughout the the, the podcast, we'll let you know. But other than that. Let's delve in, shall Other we? Other than that, yeah, if you find a, this at your local liquor store, either of these, give them a shot. They're pretty darn good. Yeah, give them a shot. They're pretty good. Yeah, give them a shot. They're pretty good. Yeah, give them a shot. They're pretty good. Yeah, give them a shot. Stop this. It's going to go on yeah. forever. If we do that. <laughs> we could, yeah, we would probably... End we would up, do that forever. We'd probably end up going into, like, accents and then... Yeah, give them a shot. They're pretty good. <laughs> Stop. Yes. No, no more. No more. Yes. Give them a shot. They're quite delicious. Give them a shot. They're pretty good. <laughs> I like the look of the Irish. Well, why don't you just give them a shot? They're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, on to the albums. Groggy. Uh, I'm, 
<laughs> no more, no more. Let's just review your album. Sorry about that. <laughs> Please remain calm and review. Please remain calm. Remain calm. Remain calm. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start off. What's mostly because what's my your background on this band? Um, did I've, you know them before I told? I think you might have known no, them. No, I I did not know of, about them before you told me about them. Okay. In college? No, when I was here. I when I was here, I, I discovered them. It was so my you, first you year probably, in Nash. It was I my very if, first year, year in Nashville. You must have texted me about them. Then. I think I did. Um, the, the You're thing probably that like, I, check these guys out. Yeah, it was Diamond, both Diamond Youth and um, not Hostage, but Diamond Youth and the Swellers tweeted about their upcoming album, which was which was Die on Stage. Die on stage. And I was yeah. like, well, if both of these bands that I love are, are tweeting about this album, I, I might as well check it out. Yeah. And I heard uh, one of the singles, which was. Um, Million Miles Away, whatever that song's yeah. called. Yeah, oh, that song's so good. Um, or whatever the song's called, in uh, Thousand Miles. Yeah, a Thousand Miles Away. And I thought, I that I, based on that song alone, I pre-ordered the album, and I was super happy, so I told Jesse to listen to it, and he ended up loving it, and there, yeah. it was great. Uh, I was supposed to go see Hostage Calm in Nashville oh. play with Neck Deep, and then they broke up. It's so sad. Yeah. It's always so sad whenever a band like this breaks up, because I would say that this band has a very unique sound. Yeah, and a lot like to say. They're, like, they're not straight rock they're not straight punk like uh they mix a lot of different genres together and, they started like, out as a hardcore punk band and then they they grew exponentially with each album like they yeah. started adding a little bit of latino influence maybe some 50s pop rock and roll uh all kind of like interesting stuff yeah it's it, they're they're just really good yeah and uh this is their third album. It came okay, out right before. Album. It was the one that came out before Die on Stage. Die on Stage, okay. And, and I, the only album I've listened to by them was Die on Stage, so I haven't listened to this album too much. Well, obviously, I have for the past two weeks. But beforehand, I hadn't listened to this at all. You maybe showed me one song from it. Probably. But you probably showed that, me track two from Other than it. that, not much. But anyway. So let's see what you think about it. Let's, let's delve in to the album Please Remain Calm by the band... Hostage calm. Hostage calamity? Hostage calm. <laughs> uh, ho, ho, ho. Please remain calm. All right, I'll remain calm if you recommend. All right, track n- number one is called On Both Eyes. What the heck could that mean? I don't know. Why don't we just uh, take a little look-see here? Yeah, let's... Um, I gave this song Fumf out of Fumf. For all you English speakers, that means five out of five. A.K.A. a perfect score. Well, you know how I do recommendations. If I recommend it, I'm just going to give it a 5 out of 5. Fair enough. That's just that's what I've always done. Not me. No. Definitely not Because what you. if it's a horrible album that I don't like? If I have to recommend a song, I can't give it the perfect review. I mean... Per se. I guess. I understand but that's, what you're that's saying. an extreme example. I understand what you're saying, but... I mean, you're wrong, but that's okay. Well, we all can be wrong just from kidding. time to time. Anyway, let me get to this song. I get a 5 out of 5, and I recommend it. It's called On Both Eyes. And when um, the floodgates... <laughs> yeah. I'll let you... I, I won't Man, interrupt. I went in the ground. Uh, anyway, <laughs> this is a great album opener. Uh, yes, it is. It's... From what I can tell, it's a song about always fighting for someone you love or who you believe in, or what you believe in, mm-hmm. basically. Um, but did you hear in... Do you know any of the political... Uh, elements in this song. Uh-uh. Uh, they talk about the housing crisis a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah, they talk about uh, all the broken homes and like oh, evic- yeah. like eviction notices. Yeah. And so they talk about friends like who aren't living in houses anymore. Huh. 
Dang. So it's, it's it's kind of interesting when you read the lyrics. Yeah, it kind of gives it. But a, I mean, little obviously, a little bit of a different purpose. Obviously, what you said the song's about it. It's got that in it also. Um, yeah, and I guess maybe he uses the framework of because he talks about a girl that um, he wants to commit to. Like he doesn't just want to have like a superficial relationship with. So maybe mm-hmm. in that context of like that story, he's commenting on the economic situation of the time. Yes. Um. Anyway, this this song is just so goldern good. It really is. Uh, goldern it. And right away, right away, if you haven't listened to to them before, uh, you hear the lead main main singer's voice. I think his name is Chris Martin, maybe or something Martin. But they call I him Seymour. I know that. Okay. Um, but but he he has a very unique voice. Um, I don't think it would be one. It's, I wouldn't say his voice is like. Uh, like Tim Armstrong or Bob Dylan, where like people hate it, but it's a, still uh, we still think it's a good voice. Yeah, it, it's a good voice, but it's odd. It's it's it's, it's different, but not there. as different as yeah, say Tim Armstrong or Bob Dylan. I'd agree, but great song. I really yeah. like the song a lot. Super great song. All On- set to expire, a fighter missed his prime. My daddy said no one likes a whiner. But I've got shiners on both eyes. Um, <laughs> Sorry for singing the chorus, but I couldn't help it. Daddy said, no one likes a whiner. But yeah. you know what I said? We never wondered if we could. Yeah. Never wondered if we could. What? <laughs> what are you trying to reference? The next song. The next song. <laughs> the first line for the next song. <laughs> we never wondered if we could. Or was it should? Should. That's should. I'm sorry. My bad, um, guys. Uh, my bad. Track number two brings me to my second recommendation. I knew you'd recommend this. Five out of five. Star. Great. It's, I think this might be my favorite Hostage Calm song this is in general. Easily the best song on the album. I, I, I'm saying it might be their best song in their catalog. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm saying from Fair on enough. this album, it's the best. This is uh, one of the shorter songs. Mm-hmm. Um, if not the shortest, I can't recall. Uh, but it's called Don't Die on Me Now. But it's not, it, it couldn't be, it's got to be like, between two and three minutes. It's like two and a half. Two and a half. Something. Most of the songs are like three minutes or four minutes. So it's not like a, like a super duper yeah, short song. Yeah, it's not like it's not, 30 seconds. Yeah, but it's not f- four to five minutes long. Yeah. But uh, gosh, is it good. It's so good though. Um, <clears throat> this kind of has a similar message, like fighting to make something work. Yeah. Uh, Basically, the chorus kind of says it all. Yeah, it very they much they so. They basically say, just don't die on me now. Uh, what's the beginning of the chorus? They say, Now uh, it's all falling down. Don't die on me now. Not tonight, not this town. Don't die on me now. Oh. <laughs> oh, man, this song. The best thing about this is every chorus gets bigger and bigger. The first chorus mm-hmm. is is where they like kind of pull mostly instruments out yeah, the drums kind of come like out. Basically everything back. Yeah. The second chorus they add the drums that are kind of like building and by the time the third chorus comes in everything's playing full blast. It's really yeah. cool how they yeah, build yeah. it up. It's a uh, oh, it's just so good. Great song. Just such a it's one of those songs that you I tear up cuz it's so good. What? I tear up a little cuz it's you so really? good. No, but like <laughs> feel, like you know, that's the, that's, the, that's the emotional state that you that you are in. Yeah, I, I sing this song to myself often. You're like, Don't die on me now, self. Don't die on me now, car. <laughs> <laughs> not no, tonight, not this town. But you know what I mean. Don't die on me now. Um 
Great song. But this song, this is one of those, the songs that the first time you hear it, you're automatically in love with it. Yeah. Like, you automatically are like, this song It doesn't require great. Like, This song's listens. great. Yeah. Yeah. No matter, like, I mean, I guess maybe someone wouldn't like it, but... Crazy person. If you're, if you're crazy and only like Steve Reich music... Who likes that? Me. <laughs> yeah, but you're crazy. <laughs> Steve Reich. Or John Cage. Or Philip Glass. Or Philip, Philip, Philip Glass is the man. Philip Phillips, yeah. Those um, two are very different. But anyways, any, I'll let uh, you continue. Any American, a broken heartland. What the heck's a broken heartland? The title of the next track, of course. Oh well, why don't you move on to it? Track number three. I didn't recommend this song, but I still gave it four out of five. It's a great song. Uh, yeah, oh. it has a really nice bridge. Uh, basically, I think the song is kind of about not waiting for someone to come and save you, but kind of like. Picking yourself up by the bootstraps mm. and whatnot. I agree. I really like the chorus. Uh, yeah. Uh, track number four is called Woke Up Next to a Body. Uh, this is where we hear the other singer. Yeah, and he was a, who has, from a different band, I believe. Okay. He, he was he, he's featured on this song. Oh, okay. It's a really great chorus. Yeah. Uh, but, woke up next to a body. But I don't particularly... Like his, vo- I don't really like his voice too much. I mean, like it's, mm-hmm. he has a good voice, obviously. Um, but the other guy, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I gave the song three point five out of five. Yeah, but that's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. It's impossible. Why are we singing Whoa. that? Because that's the title of the next track, track number five. Four out of five. Nice. This all. This also seems kind of like a a song about. Like, uh, world issues. World issues. World issues. The issues of the world. No tissues required. No tissues for the issues. No tissues for the issues. (laughs) Don't misuse this. (laughs) I don't know, something else there. I'm trying to think of other words that work with it, but I can't think of any. I don't know. Anyway, on to the next track. Yeah, no, next track. Track number six. It's called May Love Prevail. Uh, this is a, a good, I get a 3.5 out of 5, I guess it's not my favorite song. Very poppy song. <clears throat> it is a very poppy song. Um, but you hear, you hear a xylophone in this song for the first yeah. time. Uh, which... Very prevalent. Yeah, which is, uh, kind of gives you an idea of what they're willing to do, like what they did to change, to change their, to change their sound in a certain way. So that's kind of why I like it. Because it kind of gives you a good idea of the band's... Like willingness to change or experiment, not change, experiment. branch out. Yeah, but let's go even a step further in that direction with the next song, check yeah. number seven. The M, the quote unquote M word. What is the M word? Um, I don't know because they're it's either marriage or because the girl in the song is named Meredith. Yeah, I know it's Meredith, but I, I would say marriage. I think it's probably marriage. That's what I would guess. Um, I gave this song five out of five and recommended it. Almost acoustically driven. <clears throat> yeah. Is it true? So the reason that I recommend this song is not only because it's kind of a really cool uh, subject matter, but it also is a completely different sound from the rest of the it album. It changes pace. Like it sounds way more jazzy way, and like way, way like yeah. just way different. Um, you get the first violins line on there, is, right? Yeah, violins. Um, what probably else string there? trumpets. Maybe, maybe trumpets. string section. Yeah, or probably the string section and trumpets and whatever else. Um, but the, uh, the song is basically about, um, this character Meredith, um, who knows if she's an actual person, 
Uh, but she's trying to decide if she wants to marry a guy who seems like he's not into it or like wrong for her. And Meredith, do you really want to marry him? <laughs> My favorite part in the song is, uh, is when the strings come in. That's yeah. so good. Yep. It's so... It's, it's one of the mmm moments for me in this album. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I recommend that song as my last recommendation. I'm going to go through these last ones fairly quickly because we need to get to Black Star. Track 8 is called Patriot. 4 oh, out of 5. Starts off acapella. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the cool things about this song Weather too. Forever. Lots of vocal harmonies because it's acapella. Yeah. A lot of oohs and ahs. Not what you'd expect from nice. a punk band, am I right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but good song. Mine, it's acapella minus the tambourine in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It was like... Tick, 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 tick. Uh, but it's basically acapella for like probably two-thirds of the whole song. And then they bring in instruments. Very, very cool. Uh, track number nine is called Closing Remarks. That's a fun song. 3.5 out of 5. It's a fast one. Track number 10 is called One Last Salute. 4 out of 5. Um, again, kind of a song about chasing your dreams, and uh, pretty common theme on this album. Yeah, pretty common theme. Uh, but one thing that sets this one apart is that uh, the line when they say, "When the floor gave out, we found common ground." So I think it's kind of talking maybe about their experience in the music scene in their early days or something like that, and like finding common ground with people who are chasing the same dream as you. Fair enough. All around, great album. Yeah, it, it, it's super it is. good. Uh, Hostage Calm is definitely worth um, checking out. Checking out. Oh yeah. I think in the future we'll do one of our little half-hour reviews of their album "Die on Stage" yeah. because we both love that album. Or maybe, never mind. <laughs> well, well, we're also probably going to do one with Jeff Rosenstock as well. Yeah, well, we definitely will with yeah. Jeff Rosenstock. I was just going with Hostage Calm because the episode. Yeah. Um, but uh, big, a big turn. We're going to go on to David Bowie now with yeah. his his ultimate album. Hmm. Which is the symbol of Black Star, which we call Black Star. <laughs> yeah. um, this album was released January eighth, two thousand sixteen. Why is that date po- important? Uh, that is David Bowie's birthday. More importantly, his sixty ninth birthday. Yeah. Uh, more importantly, he two days died. after that, he died of he liver died. cancer. Yeah, died two days after. Uh, it was his twenty fifth studio album. Also, twenty five albums, uh, only to die two days later. Uh, was it a surprise? Yes. He did not announce that he was stricken with cancer at right. all. Yeah. Uh, at the all first that the public heard of cancer was the news that of his he death. he had cancer. Was the news of his death. Right. Now, but you said the first public heard the, of cancer. I was like, oh, well, heard of his cancer. The first that the public had heard of his cancer was yeah. when we heard that he died. Right. But you said I, the I, first I mis- the public I heard of cancer. <laughs> I misspoke a little bit. Um, but he had been getting treatment and been suffering from cancer for about a year and a half, like 18 months at that point. Yeah. Um, for So for him, it wasn't new. It was uh, a very familiar thing. Yes. Um, in fact, even the band during the recording process of this album... Had no idea, right? Absolutely. They had no idea. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. That's so crazy. But this album, uh, kind of taken away, like moving away from the cancer issue, this album in general, stylistically, is really unique. Yes, very um, unique. Um, a lot. They of... talked about like the the producer, and I don't know if David Bowie said this, but the producer said they wanted to avoid rock and roll. Some people want to say they they wanted to avoid pop. I know you say anti pop, right? Well, yeah. A lot of reviews that came out whenever this album came out said 
this album is anti-pop. And I would agree. Which I agree with. Yeah. You know. Um, some of their influences for this album, which are really interesting, like the, the heaviest influence that they said, and this was David Bowie and the producer are on record as saying they were listening to and were heavily influenced by Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly. It makes sense. Uh, as well as two other bands, which was Death Grips, a hip-hop group, and Boards of Canada, which was an electronic group. Mm-hmm. Uh, so well, it's like, the, the Kendrick Lamar thing makes sense with, uh, yeah. with what's the song, uh, Girl or something? Um, girl, uh, it's called... Girl Loves Me, I think. Girl Loves Me, yes. Yeah, that it makes a lot of sense with that song. So it's really interesting to have those as influences on David Bowie, who which himself yeah. is an influential artist of... One well, of one of the most the most. So artists. David Bowie, who's been performing since the late sixties, early seventies, huge artist, influenced so many people. The Daniel Day Lewis of the music world. Yes, basically. he he yeah. invented himself and reinvented himself so, time and time so again, so many times. And this album is is no exception. So he's been a huge influence, and for him to say that he's been influenced on current artists like Kendrick Lamar is really cool. Yeah. Actually, yeah, it's really cool. Um, this album, Black Star, a lot of people classify it as a mix of rock, jazz, jazz fusion, new jazz, experimental, electronic, and some word that they called avant garde. Oh my gosh. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I know. Avant garde. Avant garde. Yeah. I know. I just I was saying, would... oh, Galdern, you say he's doing the avant garde? <laughs> I if I had to choose something, is he I would... an Avant gardener? Oh my gosh! He Call better back. turn to his Avant garden. <laughs> I hope he's got an Avant garden hoe. <laughs> what the heck? Are you I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I'm just really if really I, pressing. If I had to choose one of those, I would say it's experimental. I would say it's avant garde. Yeah, I would say I there's, there's not there's pop not, rock. There's not really a genre jazz. that you would put this in. It's hard to in song to song. It varies it's, so much. It's jazz in the way that jazz is inherent, inherently experimental and free freeform. Yeah, yeah. that's um, what I would say. Um, this album, <clears throat> uh, to move on from from stylistically, when it was released, uh, and I guess after his death, it. It was really critically acclaimed by by listeners and critics alike. Yeah, everybody loved this album and thought it was fantastic. It debuted at number one on on the charts. Really? Yeah, it, it did phenomenally, and it won two Grammys: one for the best alternate music album and one for the best recording package. I don't know if you. I know you alternative seen, album. Yes. Okay, you said alternate. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you saw the. Uh, I, I know you've seen the package for the CD, but have you seen the vinyl package? No. What it is, is it's a, a big black um, uh, vinyl, uh, what do you call it, the sleeve? Sleeves, yeah, yes. And on the center where the star is actually cut out, oh, so really? you can see the record. Oh, The star cool. is the record itself. That's pretty cool. It's really cool. You gotta look, we'll, we'll post a picture for you guys so you can I see too. I gotta get that. I think it's, it buy, might be buy. worth owning. Uh, I think so, Contextually, yeah. it's worth owning. Yeah. We'll, I'll touch on that later though. Um, okay. On to song number one, which is called Black Star. I gave it four black stars, <laughs> and I gave it a check mark, which means I recommended it. Mm. Um, this song is nine minutes and fifty eight seconds long. Holy cow, it yeah. is long. Yeah, um, I would say it's almost two or three different songs within one. There are three. There are three. Parts. Three. Three parts. Yes. A, B, and A prime. I'd say. Uh, yes, which I actually agree with you one hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, the first part is. It's really kind of... the villa of Harmon. Exactly what Jesse just said. That's what it is. But it's a solitary candle. It's kind of... Ah, 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 
It's really dark At and really imagery driven. All, Am I right? Your eyes. Yeah. The imagery is really thick. And they've talking about like the in the center of the of, of the what? The villa of the, the Ordinary, villa of Armen or something. I can't. Or, or I, I can't remember the word, but but they've there are vague allusions to maybe like a satanic like a, theme or a black mass, which I've read. Mm-hmm. There are really dark images, and he's got all uh, of these weird harmonies that coat his voice, that make it sound ominous and electronic. It's, yeah, it's very ominous. And um, it's super dark sounding. And there's chanting, like the, ah, 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 ah. Yeah. And when you think of like the one candle burning, you think of like the satanic pentagram, which is a, a star. A little bit, maybe. A red star, perhaps. But... Maybe. It's a stretch, obviously. <laughs> but there's, there may, maybe you can make the connection. Um, but it's really crazy no, sounding I first part. I wouldn't say that's the connection to make. Maybe. I think the connection comes in uh, this B section. Perhaps. I think, I think, I think the B section way in. more than the A section. Uh, the second part, I like a lot better. I'm not going to lie. I mean, um, I don't want to say it is better because I like it better. Maybe people like the first part better. Yeah. Um, I think it's more melodic, and I think the instrumentation really opens up big time. It's a 180 from the first part. Yeah, literally. Big time, man. For the B section. Yes. Uh, it's very nice sounding, and uh, it's kind of very reflective. Like the, one of the I think the first line in the B section is... Something happened on the day he died. Something happened on the day he died. Spirit rose a meter and stepped aside. Spirit rose a meter and stepped aside. Uh, and, um, Somebody else took his place and bravely cried. I'm a black star. I'm a black star. Which the word black star, I think, holds a lot of ground on this song and this album, obviously. Yeah. It's almost as if like the first section was dark and satanic or whatever. Maybe and, for the purpose of being but then, dark? But then it's like a complete 180, like you said, to like an almost angelic sounding Yes, because it, it is really pleasant sounding in the, yeah. the B section. Um, but uh, the word black star in my research and whatever uh, could reference a lot of and things. whatever. There's a lot of references it could mean, like a literal black star uh, referring to a, a a dying star, like what you'd see in the sky when a star dies. Well, that makes sense. Um, what happens is the star is dead, but it's still emitting energy. It's still emitting light. Yeah, not light. Well, light, but... The light, like if a star, because like whenever a star explodes or whatever, its light still is traveling towards us. But even even after you see the light, it's still emitting energy, even okay. if it's not light. So, it's, so like that would be In the context of, of David Bowie dying. Yeah, like that would be a direct correlation to that. Yes. But I also would say, I don't know if you're going to touch on this, but I would say like, because later, later in the B section he says, I'm like, I'm not a gangster, I'm not a pop star, I'm not a... Not a rock star or whatever. He actually says gang star. Gang star, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say that it's calling to his uniqueness as well. I, I actually to, I didn't think about like that. Saying, but I'm, I'm, like I'm a black star. Like I'm a different version of. Yeah, I'm not a pop what, star. What I'm people, not a rock star. Yeah, I'm not like, a gang star. Blah blah blah. I'm yeah, a black star. I'm a black star. Like yes. I'm not like anybody else. I'm completely unique. I, I didn't think about that, but that makes a lot of sense actually. I, mean, I, kind, I also think the fact that the definition of a black star, which is like a dying. But they're so also still emitting energy. There are also other other um, black star references that uh, could be attributed to, like a, I don't know. If there's one particular culture, but I think a, a a couple cultures will take the, like the image of a black star and use it as symbolism for death and rebirth. Mm. Uh, I that read that in my well. findings, and that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, but the B section's awesome and crazy. Yeah. Um, on to the, the third a, section, a which prime. we would call a prime, which 
harkens back to A. I'd say it returns it's to the first bit, part. It's slower than the first it, section, It's though. slower, but they definitely refer back to that first part. Well, it's like the same thing, but slower. Yes, same lyrics and everything. Yeah. Uh, it's a crazy song. I recommend checking it out. It really out. is. Ten like, minutes long, which seems kind of crazy, but it's it's worth checking out. I recommend it. Um, on to song number two, shall we go? Yes, yes. we shall. Um, yes, song we number two is called Tis a Pity She Was a Whore. Tis a pity she was kind a of whore. vulgar sounding when you think about it, but this is actually a reference to a play by John Ford. Yeah. I don't know if you know him. I really I, didn't I read, know him before this. I read that today. I, yeah. I had no idea before today. He was a 17th century playwright, and he had yeah. written a play with the same name. Um, yeah. I gave this song two and a half black stars, so I don't recommend it, but it's it's worth listening to. The saxophone is yeah. crazy in this song. Yeah. Uh, it's very freeform, I'd say. Very jazz, very freeform, jazz freeform. Kind of almost atonal. And, yeah, they're, they're playing all, all over the place. Yeah. It almost might sound like a child's picking up the saxophone and playing random notes. I don't think so. With skill. I disagree with you, but... I'm saying if a if a trained saxophone player is trying to emulate a child playing saxophone, they're doing all these crazy things. Or, you know, if you're playing a reed, which is the, the, the thing know, that makes noise... I, I played saxophone. I know, but I'm yeah. explaining for our listeners. Yeah. The reed is the wooden part that vibrates in the mouthpiece that makes the noise in the saxophone. Yep. If, a, if you don't know how to play a reed, it kind of makes a weird shrill noise. Mm-hmm. And that happens a couple times in the song, right? Yeah. And they do it purposefully. Yeah. Freeform. I'm saying they did this very intentionally it, it, because yeah. if you're a, a, a well-trained saxophone player, you don't really do that on purpose. Well, they did. Though. They don't. You don't do it accidentally, I'm saying. Yes. So they, I'm saying they purposefully did that. Yeah, that that's so what I'm trying to say. I don't, this doesn't sound like a kid playing. That's all I'm saying. No, I'm saying it, it doesn't because it's phenomenal. But they do these noises. It, it, that are not It's normal. out there. Yeah. It's out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Avant-garde, sure, I would sure. say. Atonal. Um, I didn't recommend this song, but the coolest thing I think about this song is the very first thing that you hear is David Bowie breathing. (sighs) And you hear it again, and I think they actually incorporate it into the beat, Mm. if you listen further in. (laughs) It grows soft, but I think it's in there. But on a song number three, which I think is one of the highlights of the album, I gave it five black stars, and I recommend it. It's called Lazarus. It's an amazing song. Uh, Lazarus, Lazarus, if you're uh, a biblical... Character in the Bible, person yeah. Lazarus is a person who was sick, and his sister, I believe, sisters, sisters went to Jesus and to ask asked for help. Yeah, for help, and, and Jesus was was doing he, something at the time, and he couldn't attend to Lazarus, so Lazarus died. Yeah, and Jesus Jesus said to the sisters, uh, "Go and they came to him, right?" And they were like, mm-hmm. "You didn't help us, and now he's dead." Well, he got there too. He got there a couple of days late. After yeah, they're like, they're, "You couldn't help, and now he's dead." And Jesus is like, "No, he's not." <laughs> Psych. Well, no, in, in different words, like that, he, he, but, yeah. uh, he resurrected Lazarus, essentially brought him back from the um, dead. And obviously, the story is a lot, a uh, lot more in depth than that. Yeah, but. we th- that's very basic. We um, we kind of really skimmed. But the like one of the lines in the song, I didn't even think about it. The, the line that says, uh, "I was looking, I was looking for your ass," is like could be reference to Jesus riding the donkey, Jesus riding into Jerusalem, big on time, a donkey. Yes, because yeah. a lot of people think of the vulgar meaning yeah, of that for yeah. buns, but. No, buns. I think it's looking for, for Jesus. For a little tushy. I think it's looking for Jesus when they say that. Yeah. And so um, maybe not even Jesus is what he's talking about, but looking for that salvation. Yes. I, 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 I think don't know I if he was that. religious or not, but probably. I don't think he was. Looking for um, For the my research, meaning he, of life, I guess. He followed Nietzsche quite a bit. Oh, and really? I think agnosticism, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless. I could see that. Sounding-wise, I think this song is maybe the most somber, contemplative, and maybe most melancholy song I've ever heard from David Bowie. 
Just the sound alone. Or you've ever heard in general. Not, I, w- I, I, I would say. That's a very bold statement to it's say, so I'm not going to say that. But it's maybe out of his discography. And I would say it's one of the most. I, well, yeah, I'd say that. It's, it's up there. It's definitely up definitely there. Definitely up there. It's very sad sounding. Even it's, if you don't listen to the lyrics, it's sad. Especially in the context of the fact that it's called Lazarus. But I'm saying, disregard yeah. the, the title, the lyrics, right. everything. It's right. sad sounding. Yeah, it especially really at the end of it. Oh my gosh. Um, but this like song refers to mortality big time yeah uh, and david bowie dying that's a huge thing uh like yeah. the first line is look up here i'm in heaven look up here man i'm, I'm in heaven. heaven it's dark and he like later on he refers to his past like going to new york and being broke by the time i got to new york i was, I was living, living like, like a, a king. king then i used up all my money it's crazy isn't it i was looking for your ass crazy isn't it yeah so but But yeah just just the tone of his voice and the combination with that with the 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 music is just so insanely somber and sad it really is but later on in the song uh he talks about being free like Mm -hmm. a bluebird Mm -hmm. and i don't know if you know much about the bluebird as a symbol but the bluebird is referred to as like a symbol of freedom yeah essentially and so that's obviously not an accident so is he like being free in death Uh, maybe that's what i I think i mean i don't say so Especially because he knew he was going to die while he was writing this album. And one more note, uh, the saxophone parts where they're following the motif are the most focused saxophone parts on the album. Because Mm -hmm. later on in the song, the saxophones go crazy, obviously. Yeah, I mean, like, when they're doing that... Purposeful. I think so. I I think it is. But when they're doing the the motif, they're very focused and they're doing, obviously, the motif. So they're doing the line. Um, it's a great song. Check it out. I gave it five black stars. On to song number four, which is called Sue, and then in parentheses, or The Season of Crime, Yeah. Uh, I gave this three and three quarters black stars. This brings it back to that play. Yes, it does, 100%. Yeah. This brings it back to the play by John Ford called Tis a Pity She Was a Whore. Uh, this song is really fast, and it's got a really cool like groove between the guitars, bass, and drums. Mm-hmm. It's it's tight sounding. I, yeah. I, that's all I can say. Is that it's a really tight rhythmic beat and yeah. groove between the, the rhythm section. The story reflects the plot, the plot in in that play, and that's really yeah. all I have to say about yeah. it. Yeah, you guys can listen to it for yourselves. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't. I don't know how much it fits into David Bowie's narrative. I just think he put it in here because he was something about he the play. Must have liked that play a lot. Um, I believe this song was actually a B side or an A side to "Tis a Pity She Was a Whore." Like one mm-hmm. of them was a B side, one was an A side. Oh, okay. That so makes sense. they were released together. Right. Um, but song number five is called "Girl Loves Me." I gave this three black stars. But I think it's really cool. This is the song, even though I don't like it as, as much. This is the song that was inspired by like Kendrick Lamar and uh, yeah other rappers. Uh, Bowie says the f word, and I don't mean farts. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't say the f word in this song. Uh, yes, he does. Uh huh. Yes, he does. I don't think so. Where the did money oh, oh, go? Oh yeah, obviously. What the heck am I thinking? Yeah, what the heck are you? Th- or what um, the f are you thinking? Well, I was, Bowie's words, I guess. I was thinking all about the. Uh, the connection to Clockwork Orange. I was about to say that. Yeah. Uh, he used a lot of words in language, which is slang. The, like, the slang, slang words from A Clockwork Orange, which is yeah. a book originally, then Stanley Kubrick made the movie. It's it's a really... It's a really weird, like, slang Artsy, language. disturbing movie, but the, the main characters in this movie, which were played by... What's the guy's name? I don't know. 
Oh, shoot, it's going to bother me until I figure out this guy's name. Well, we'll figure it out afterwards. We'll figure it out afterwards. Or I'll figure it out somewhere along the line. He, yeah. I know the actor, but um, these it, it takes place in Britain, and all these kind of hooligans are going around causing mayhem, violence, and, yeah. and doing drugs. They have their own language, which is a mix of like slang words and, and like Russian like words. Russian slang, yeah. And so they use... Bowie uses this language and a slang language from like the 70s gay scene in England, actually, yeah. the club scene. Yeah. So he, he combines those together uh, to use words. And I guess like on Lyric Genius, I read it today, like if you translate it, it kind of almost plays out like a rap song. Uh, yeah, actually, I would say like, that because... Uh, with on, the translation to it. On the website that uh, we often refer to for interpreting lyrics, Lyric Genius... When you go on there, they'll take the actual slang words he uses, and they'll like in the in the in the context of the verse, and then they'll write out in a different verse what it translates to, basically. Yeah, and so you and can it see almost what does sound like a, a rap song. Yeah, like one of the lines was something about like all the girls making the this girls making guys go crazy. Except they use different words. But. I think I figured out who the actor was before I even found it on my uh, my phone. Oh really, Jude? Malcolm McDowell? Okay. <laughs> In case that means Are you anything satisfied to you. now. Yes, I am. Okay. Um, but it's it's cool that he uses these words. If you listen to the song and don't know its slang, it sounds like yeah, gibberish. Yeah, it just sounds like it sounds a like bunch gibberish. Of gibberish. Yeah. Um, but the word "Where the f did Monday go?" I think he's talking about time. Like, where does time go? Yeah. And a point of like trivia, which obviously he didn't intend. He died on a Sunday. Yeah. Right before Monday. So where the f did Monday go? Yeah. Kind of like a. Interesting thing to Weird, ponder, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. On to song Onwards. number six. And uh, just just to reference this, there's only seven songs in this album, so we're near yeah. the end. Yeah. Um, but only being seven songs, this album's probably close to like between 45 minutes and an hour long because the songs are so long. Yeah. There are no songs that are below four minutes long, I think. And, I mean, you would have to listen to the song many, many times to even scratch the surface of its depth. Yeah. And obviously... Bowie has passed on. We will never know all the depths. Yeah, true. So it's up for our interpretation. Uh, song number six is called Dollar Days. I gave it three and a half black stars. It's a lot more melodic. Melodic than melodic. the... Melodic. It's a lot more melodic. It's a lot more melodic. Uh, it's a lot more melodic than the last song, but it's a lot slower also. And I think he's reflecting on the past a bit on this song. And there's one really, really, really eerie lyric. Mm-hmm. And it's... It, it, kind of comes and goes in the chorus but at the very end of the chorus he says i'm trying to i'm, I'm dying, dying to. to yeah and i think the actual lyrics is i'm dying to and when they say to they mean t-o but T-O-O. i think it should be i think it should be t-o-o because he knew he was dying like i said he had cancer when he was recording he knew and and at one point in time he knew it was a terminal illness yeah so i'm obviously he's dying too on to the last song, song number seven, which is I Can't Give Everything Away. Last recommendation. Uh, I gave it four black stars, but I think I might change it to five black stars, just because I've been thinking about it a lot. It's a great song. It's an amazing song. It's not my favorite song, but contextually, it's so good. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, at the beginning of this song, there's a harmonica, like a harmonica part. And if you are not really familiar with David Bowie's discography... It is a harmonica part that comes straight from one of his other songs called A New Career in a New Town. Hmm. If you listen to both songs, there is no mistaking. It's straight from that. That's so intentional then. Oh, He's like, I'm very moving much on so. to a different phase of whatever existence is. Yes, very much so. 
Huge. That's um, so crazy. And obviously, a new career, a new town, like you're like you're referencing. You're done with your town. You're done with your career. You're moving somewhere else to do something new. Yeah. So when David Bowie, like when I think about this, I think he's saying, I'm done with life. I'm going on to the next adventure. Yeah. Right? Pretty much. Which is crazy. That That's why I think the song's fantastic. Yeah. Um, another little fun piece of trivia. The song A New Career, A New Town was on his album called Low. And it was the seventh song also. Oh, really? So both of those songs are song wow. number seven. Kind of cool, isn't it? Definitely intentional. I don't know if that uh, is it had intentional. To be. It had to be right, like because what? Why? Why would he put this song last and not this song? Because it sounds like a swan song in context. Yeah. But I don't know. It's it's just a really cool piece of trivia that we can yeah. speculate if it was intentional or not. Yeah, it, for sure. It sounds like it was intentional. Who knows? Yeah. But it's it's definitely there's a connection there. Yeah. Um, and like I said, uh, a new career in a new town. His song from the album Low from the seventies is about moving on and starting new. And you know what? I think that gives something away. <laughs> or I should say... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Um, what do you think I the lyric... I can't give everything yeah. away. What do you think that lyric means? I can't give everything um, away. I mean... And even quick before you say that, I, I read a lot of uh, interpretations where they say, since he, he, he says, I can't give everything and then pauses... Away? Is it like, I'm going away? No, I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. But what do you think think the lyric, I I can't give everything away, means? Because I I had a hard time deciding for myself what I thought it means. And I I, I can't come up with a concrete thing. To me, I would say that it means he can't give all that he wants to give. Okay. Like, especially in the context of the fact that that he was dying when he wrote it. I'm guessing it means, like, I... Maybe He's got I, more that he wants I to offer. So much more to give in this life, and especially based on the type of person that he was, and the, how eccentric and how, like you know, crazy and amazing he was. Like yes. I'm sure he wanted to give more, wanted to live longer. Can I interject one thing? Yeah. Um, even though he knew that his uh, his illness was a mortality, like a, a terminal illness, mm-hmm. um, the producer said that Bowie had expressfully said to him that he wanted to record new material before he died he oh, had really? new stuff but because he thought he had longer than he did yeah and yeah because it never wasn't, it wasn't his cancer in remission at some point um during part of the recording process i believe it was uh, but it came back with strong aggression obviously yeah um, but crazy isn't so it? that's kind of what i think that lyric means um but i know that other people have said like it means he doesn't want to, like, he can't give away stuff about his personal life or yeah. like, exactly what his songs mean or anything like that. Yeah. But uh, to me, it's the first one that I said. I can't give everything that I want to give to the people. Yeah. Before I can't, I, you, I can't give you more music. I can't give you more heart, more emotion. I can't give you more myself. Before I become a black star. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's a really intense, sad, like, really intense, emotional album. It's really sad. Like, it, it's really sad I don't, yeah. that's all I have to say that's all you can really say um, about it like to, to put this album like in conclusion um, after you listen to that last song you have to take like a couple of minutes to yeah to come down like, and like figure it out it, it's a crazy it. album uh, like the first time I heard it that was like off put but then like going back and listening to the lyrics I was like oh my gosh this is way different than I thought yeah and the main question that I have for myself and for you is did context Make this album what it is. 
For me, I think yes. If David Bowie didn't die, I think so. Yeah. If, if he was still alive right now, a this lot album of the songs would, would not mean the same thing that it, it, it would mean sense, to us. Yeah. Which that's not a bad. I'm not taking away. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. I'm just saying. But it was so intentional. Yeah. I mean, he had to know that he was going to be like that. He was going to die, though. Oh, he de- for sure. He so definitely I think did. this was almost like a farewell album to his fans. And and the producer had said this is his, his farewell gift to his fans. Yeah. He literally said that to the public. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So crazy. Well, um, but either that's way, a, that's all I have to say about that album. Either way, listen to both these albums. Yeah, both, both these albums fantastic. are really worth your time. A little bit different in context, but. I mean, a little bit different subject matter, but still fantastic, though. Very different subject matter, but that's yeah. okay. Yeah, definitely. That's all right. That's okay. That's okay, I guess. You guess well. Yeah, I guess I do. <laughs> well, why don't we uh, come back to the brew portion of the episode? Has your uh, your flavor profile of your Victory at Sea coconut style changed at all? It's only gotten better. Um, It's... Uh, Still has that really nice upfront bitterness and the uh, roasty malties that you want from an imperial porter, still there. along with that very nice tiny hint of coconut. It's very good. Still there. Nice. It's very good. Yeah, mine's mine's still really like very subtle on the flavor, but really good. It's got that crispness, the the nice mouthfeel, but like I'm saying, it's not Cris- it's not a it's not a big beer. I'm no. not getting sake to meat in the punch. Like in the abs, in the stomach. I'm, I'm not getting sake to meat in the gut. There you go. And that's a better way to say it. <laughs> but it sake to meat in the abs. Yeah, but or it's, in my uh, pecs. It, it's good. I like it. I, yeah. I still enjoy it very much. So, so I think we've had good I beers and good albums. Good beers, good albums. Uh, one of the next. Well, I think. Are we gonna put out the the Beatles one before this? Probably. Probably. I don't know. We'll see. You guys will know when we release this You'll know podcast. what we're talking about in a little bit here. Yeah. But either way, why don't we recommend albums for next week? Or n- next two weeks. All right. Why don't you recommend one for me? All right. I'm going to recommend the album Marquee Moon by the band Television. What? This is an album from 1977. The rock and roll album. 1977? The reason I recommend it is because they are a very unique sounding band from the 70s. Very unique voice, very unique style, very good. So the band Television, the album is called Marquee Moon. As in like a marquee, you know, like, tonight playing television. That's what, so that, that's what I'm recommending for you. So what are you going to recommend for me, Steve? So I'm going to recommend an album by the band Pennywise. Oh, okay. um, they've got a lot of really good albums. Um, I won't go on what critics would say is like their their biggest album. I'm going to go by what I like the best, all right? Okay, sounds good. Because um, I know before I've given you Bad Religion and No Effects albums that critics say they're the best, where I didn't think, I didn't necessarily agree. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with the album From the Ashes. From the Ashes. By, by the band Pennywise. Pennywise. Okay. So what say you that we finish our beers? Yes. Give the one, two, and... One, two, shibbity, beep, boo, clink, and uh, sign off. Okay, let's do it. Shibbity, beep, boo, Mm. <laughs> ah, so tasty. <coughs> I, uh, Don't go down the wrong tube there. Just slightly down the wrong tube. <coughs> Do that just sock it to your lungs? <laughs> sock it to me to my esophagus. Sock it to, it's sock it to me esophagus. <laughs> oh, sock it to <coughs> me in my esophagus. Um, 
once again, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate every single one of you that uh, takes the time to, to find yeah. our podcast. Yeah, for real, though. Click the play button and listens for more than five seconds. It really means a lot to us. Uh, my name is Stephen Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. And this is American Brews and Tunes. Peace. Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song. Just as it should song. American Brews and Tunes. Shibbity-beeby-day!